Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Happy, happy, happy Friday. It's a great edition of the Yes, Three Martini Lunch. I am Chad Benson in for Greg Corumbus. Jim Garrity is always is here. And today we're not giving you one and not two, not, not that, just... Three good ones. And where should we start? Well, let's start with mm, the governor's races. How about a little bit of that there, Jim? Uh, things are heating up in places they didn't think they were. In other places, well, it's starting to look like a boat race. Yeah. So, Chad, you know, I think the governor's races tend to get a little bit of a short shrift in terms of campaign coverage for obvious reasons. You know, con- with the laws passed by Congress affect everyone. So people pay a lot of attention to which party is going to control the House, which party is going to control the Senate. But the governor's races do have a big impact on the laws that uh, uh, we live under. And, you know, Republicans have had a slight advantage in that year, cycle by cycle, year by year. But uh, Democrats came back, won a bunch in 2018. And there's an interesting question of how things are going to shake out. I think this is an indicator that this, as much as there's a backlash against President Biden, I think there's also a general backlash against the governors, and I think that they're Democratic governors, and I think some of this might be a lingering frustration and resentment uh, over the uh, the, pandemic restrictions and things like that. One of them that I thought was going to be a competitive race was in Michigan, where Gretchen Whitmer is uh, running for re-election. And for a good stretch of this year, up against Tudor Dixon, the Republican nominee, it didn't look all that competitive. Uh, Whitmer had a solid lead, not overwhelming, but, you know, double digits, high single digits. Well, now all of a sudden, a new poll up by uh, Mitchell Research in Michigan has Whitmer only up by two. And all of a sudden, you begin saying, wait a second, all right, that's, that's a two points. So the last two before that had it at five. Um, and for what it's worth, a poll conducted by American Greatness, Insider Advantage, had it tied. All of these are polls of likely voters. All of them are surveys of at least four, 540 people. I think you look at that and you say, you know what, that's either a jump ball or very close to it uh, with a couple weeks to go. Tudor Dixon winning the Michigan governor's race is not unthinkable. Uh, you know, it's within the, the you know, but quite possible, you know, quite within, within the realm of possibility. Uh, Minnesota is tied, which is another one which looked, um, you know, after the experiences of the George Floyd protests and uh, efforts to restrict the police up there, you, you know, you figured there might be a backlash against Democratic leadership hadn't seemed to take place. Now, all of a sudden, the polls tied. Maybe this is uh, in the swing of things. And the other two that just came out this morning that I think are, are notable. Look, we all kind of knew that Greg Abbott was going to win re-election in Texas against Beto O'Rourke. Uh, we all could just. The only question was the margin. It was a similar story in Florida. Ron DeSantis was always a strong favorite for re-election. The question was, what kind of traction was Charlie Chris going to get? Well, two polls out today, uh, different pollsters. Both of them have the Republican up by eleven. Now that's significant. That's a couple of points bigger than the previous ones. I think for uh, if you're among those who are looking to Ron DeSantis as a potential option in 2024 as a presidential candidate winning a state like Florida by 10 points or 11 points is an enormously, it's exactly the kind of start he'd want to have. He'd be able to say, hey, Republicans, if you nominate me, I have the state of Florida locked up. Yes, Donald Trump won the state twice. He won it by one point in 2016. He won it by about three and three and a half points in uh, 2020. 
But I think you nominate Ron DeSantis. You've got Florida locked up for you in 2024. Um, Greg Abbott, I haven't heard nearly as much. But again, there had been a little bit of a question of, oh, okay, you know, Beta O'Rourke's a little closer than you're used to seeing Democrats in the Lone Star State. An 11-point margin is closer to what we're used to seeing, and it probably means good things for uh, Republicans up and down the ticket there. Absolutely. So this will be interesting. And like I say, I think the one that everybody's watching outside of these would be what's going on here. Uh, just because the profile, I think, outside of DeSantis right now, Carrie Lake, while not a governor, uh, is definitely grabbing that profile. But I think a lot of it's going to have to do with turnout, and we'll see what that looks like. Uh, and you didn't even get to the part where it doesn't look like Stacey Abrams is going to win again. Probably another theft. Yeah, she's become an afterthought. Yes, you know, you know, a, a bit, really tough luck for her in her bid for re-election. Yeah, you can't you can't abort your way out of this one, Stacy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I bet she sleeps well at night. Is what I'm saying. Ah, very good. You know, that's a good segue because it's time to hear from our sponsor, Cozy Earth Sheets. Now, you're probably this is a new sponsor here on the Three Martini Lunch Podcast. Uh, before he departed on his getaway, my usual co-host Greg Columbus had some arrive. Got a chance to try them out, and Greg Columbus raved about them calling them the softest and smoothest sheets that he has ever had. And he says they feel way better than the usual sheets. Now, Cozy Earth sheets are made from a premium 100% viscose from bamboo, which means they're super soft, lightweight, and temperature regulating. So you'll sleep more comfortably year round. You never have to worry about hot flashes again. Cozy Earth was created to enhance people's lives by offering the softest, most luxurious, and responsibly sourced bedding in the world. And with more than 5,000 five-star reviews, they have never wavered on that promise. So whether it's their best-selling luxury sheets or ultra-comfortable loungewear collection or new bath collection, you'll just absolutely love shopping at Cozy Earth. These Our audience can... Three, two, one... Our audience can save 35% on Cozy Earth, so get cozy now. You simply go to CozyEarth.com forward slash martini, and be sure to enter martini at the checkout to save 35%. And it's all backed by a 100-night sleep guarantee. That's CozyEarth.com forward slash martini. Yes, yes. Get nice little rest, relax. Maybe you're chilling at home and you're listening to the one, two, and three good martinis today. The second good comes out of the Senate races where, well, once again, the polls are getting tighter and tighter and Republicans are making up ground in some places. Yeah, so I'd say just a couple of weeks ago, Chad, I was looking at the map, uh, 270 to win, which usually does this kind of interactive, you know, color the maps the way you like. Uh, sort of thing for the presidential race has a similar map for the 2022 midterms. And, you know, you go around and say, okay, I think Republicans get that one. I think Democrats hold on there. You put it together. I could get Republicans to 50 seats easily. It was getting seat number 51, seat number 52, seat number. That's where it got harder. Now at that time, you know, I didn't think that Herschel Walker was a uh, shoe in. And in fact, I think probably, you know, after the abortion revelations and accusations, it, it looked, you know, not so great for him. Uh, Blake Masters, I did not think was going to have a shot in uh, uh, Arizona. In fact, seemed to be sinking pretty quickly, or, or you know, well, well outside of the range. Um, and I didn't think Mehmet Oz was a safe bet against Fetterman, although he was gaining ground. Here we are. It is now the third week of October, and all of a sudden, almost all of these races have gotten better. I think at minimum, you can say, look, Herschel Walker has survived the abortion controversy. 
uh, with no real hit or no real damage as far as anyone can tell. It's still a close race. Also He's actually raised more race. money mm. than pre-abortion issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether that you know gets people's attention on it or people look at it and feel like he's being unfairly attacked or criticized. But whatever it is, um, I think he, he's a, in a situation where even if he doesn't win on Election Day, he's almost certain to keep Warnock below 50 percent, which means it goes to a runoff and gets resolved in December 6th. And I think that if the control of the Senate comes down to that race national republicans will be just you know deluging him with with donations and volunteers and bussing in uh campaign door knockers you know they'll do, pull out all the stops to help elect him and i think he's got a good, good shot in those circumstances but it's other races that are really kind of jumping out here um as i mentioned blake masters is keeps inching closer and closer i don't think any polls had him in the lead yet uh but that's there the poll came out and had pennsylvania tied yesterday that seems significant because fetterman had kind of been hanging on by his fingernails to a small lead in those recent surveys. And then the last one, I think is just kind of your last, you know, this would be the sign of a tsunami. Uh, up in New Hampshire, uh, Don Bolduc is not the uh, ideal candidate, shall we say, up against uh, Maggie Hassan, who looked pretty vulnerable for most of the year. It's from a Republican pollster, so if you want to take it with a certain grain of salt, fine, but that pollster has Maggie Hassan up by just two. Now, when you see all these polls seeming to move in tandem in the same direction at the same time, I think that's a sign people are tuning into the, the midterms, they're paying attention, they're frustrated with the incumbent party, and they're much less likely to vote for Democrats. Now, does this mean Republicans are going to win all these races? No, but they're in them, which obviously you got to be in it to win it. And I think if you're Republicans, you really like having the momentum in these uh, last couple of weeks here. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt about that. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I would not, oddly enough, I do believe that uh, if you were to ask me, which one of these ones do I think was is going to end up being the winner? I would say right now, it might be Herschel Walker. Uh, I, I just, you know, it, that's it's an odd thing to say because, again, he's not an ideal candidate. And I would like to know who were the people that were in charge of vetting some of these people. That being said, I don't I think Kelly will hold off Masters. I, I don't know. I mean, I hear more about Fetterman than I do about Oz, but that's usually mm -hmm. because they're trying to prop Fetterman up or somebody's trying to tear him down. Uh, but I always go back to this. Uh, take away the stroke, which is horrible, and I hope he gets well. Uh, he didn't have a real job till he was like 40 years old. Mom and dad supported him, and uh, he ran his little town into the ground. So have fun with that if that's what you want. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I think we can now say that Blake Masters – if he loses, it's going to be by a respectable margin. It's not going to be a you know debacle of a of a candidacy. Uh, it'll be by a few percentage points, maybe less than one, and who knows? Maybe he'll have just enough momentum towards the end to pull out ahead. Uh, I think it's safe to say Mark Kelly is not a whirling dervish of raw political charisma, and you know, stranger things have happened in Pennsylvania. I think you'd rather be Oz right now, believe it or not, because he feels like he's got all the momentum. And I just feel like there's just now enormous pressure on Fetterman on that debate October 25th, which is a couple of days from now. You know, if Fetterman goes through and sounds fine, then I think a lot of voters will say, huh, okay, you know, wonder what much ado about nothing. He seems, you know, he seems okay. If God, you know, I, I, I hope, again, I hope the guy is healthy, but if he stumbles, if he struggles, if there's any indication that he's not right, I think that will, you know, you could see numbers shift there pretty fast. I think that this has kind of been this 
um, question. It, the, the issue is not him having the stroke. The issue is, has he been, he and his campaign been honest about the stroke and its effects and how he's recovering. And if there's a sign that he's been not out there because he's, you know, really struggling with this, I think, you know, Pennsylvania voters will feel like they've been hoodwinked. And uh, we talked about, you know, Walker. But if Bolduc wins, then it's Katie bar the door. And I think this is, you know, now on par, really on par with like a 2010, uh, you know, shellacking of Democrats. Finally, today on this Friday, we have a third good and an odd one at this. Uh, nobody really wants the Biden out there. And that's evident by, uh, look, what's going on with Tim Ryan out there in Ohio. Out here, they asked Mark Kelly and he's like, ah, we'll have to check our schedules, what he told us, to see if we can do it. Uh, you know, I don't really know is anybody outside of uh, Obama, the long-legged Mac Daddy, doing anything to help anybody anywhere. Yeah, so all fall long, I've been kind of wondering, where are the Biden rallies? When is he going to do, <clears throat> you know, we've all seen them where the president comes to town and he talks up the local candidate and they, you know, the, they introduce him and they, you know, and we weren't seeing that from Biden. And so I thought there's one of two possibilities or perhaps both. One is if Biden's approval rating is so low that he would not do any good helping these candidates, you know, uh, Tim Ryan in Ohio or um warnock in georgia or something like that the other one i wondered about is i've been wondering about for years now biden's health you look he has a relatively light schedule for a president you know they don't send him on long trips for very long can he just simply not do it this is one of those things where he just doesn't have the stamina to do two or three public stops in a day you notice biden very rarely does more than one public event in a day um, but there's an interesting kind of, and, or is it both? You know, he's both not popular and doesn't have the energy to do three states in, in one day or something like that. Well, here we are. Washington Post finally notices this. New York Times, other places have kind of picked up on it a little later than I thought they should have, but fine. But the Post notices something else, which is interesting, which is that they wrote, from former President Bill Clinton to Vice President Harris to former nominee Hillary Clinton, Few Democratic heavyweights are in demand on the political climate today. By the way, you know who is in demand, or at least Tim Ryan has had him in in Ohio? Joe Manchin, the West Virginia senator, who was allegedly this, you know, persona non grata, you know, exiled from the party, hated by Democrats, et cetera, et cetera. Lo and behold, when a Democrat really needs to win in a swing state, they call for Joe Manchin. Um, Harris, not surprising, but I think also very revealing. Bill Clinton's getting up there in years, and also I think probably everybody, left, right, and center, does not think well of Hillary Clinton. Uh, folks on the right obviously haven't thought well of her for, very long, for a very long time. But also I think Democrats see her as a woman who botched a race she should have won in 2016. So why would you want her in some key swing state or something like that, reminding people why they don't like Democrats? And as you mentioned, Obama's an exception. Um, I understand Jill Biden is still going around there, but I think... It is an indicator about the Democratic brand that so few of their big name figures uh, are apparently are in any position to help out any of these candidates. And oh, by the way, with Obama, even when he was president and he was very popular, he wasn't able to help the Cree Deeds and John Corzine and all the candidates he ran for in those midterm elections. So it's not like we should expect Obama to be a game changer. But the fact that there are no big name Democrats who can rush in at the last minute to help out a candidate, I think is a useful indicator of the overall state of the political environment. Hey, isn't it you find it interesting? Because I know yesterday he was with Fetterman and they did a quick thing. Then every then they mm -hmm. shooed everybody out you know, uh, and it was just a meet and greet afterwards for donors and stuff. But I find it interesting 
that they don't really have messages that they're running on, right? Abortion isn't getting it done. They're not running on their $1.29 million trillion they gave out. They're obviously, you can't run on the border. It, it just seems to be, they, I think they thought abortion would be enough to put them over the edge. Yeah, and I guess the other thing which has been odd about this is, you know, so so going back to the middle of 2021, people are saying, hey, inflation seems kind of high. Now, this is back when it was like, Four, five, six percent instead of the eight or nine percent we saw earlier this year. But that's when Biden said, ah, I know inflation is going to be transitory. And obviously, it did not turn out to be transitory. Now, inflation is caused by a couple of different factors, but one of them is the government dumping tons of money into the economy. The American relief, like economists all agree, the American Relief Act was a factor. The question is whether it was a big factor or a small factor. But since then, we've seen the infrastructure bill, we've seen uh, Build Back Better, or they renamed it into uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act. We've seen the regular appropriations process. Government's still spending lots and lots of money, throwing more and more money into the economy. Now, it's not the only factor in making inflation bad, but it's, as I said, it is one of them. Yes, those international factors. Yes, gas prices and fuel prices and energy prices are other big factors in this. But if you put it like it's kind of like their the, the Biden and congressional Democrat plan is well, we're just going to count on the Fed to fix it. Except as you've seen the you know Federal Reserve raising interest rates over and over again, the Federal Reserve isn't really getting it done. That it's it's really struggling. It's, it's you really got to squint and you know look to see if you're seeing any uh, real signs of effectiveness on this. So there's like no willingness to confront spending as part of the problem even though spending is indisputably a big part of the problem, maybe like the core of the problem. So in a way, it's kind of like, well, we know we got this really big problem that's going to cost us the midterms. Well, we can't do anything about it. Oh, well, let's just keep spending money. It, it's this. It, it's almost like this willful, uh, not just denial, but like willful helplessness. Um, and the, kind of the theme I explored yesterday in the morning jolt was when de- presidents, you know, no, oh, we're going to, it's the midterms are coming. We could lose seats. So we'd better pass everything we can. Well, when you pass everything you can, usually that stuff's controversial. Usually that stuff fires up the the, uh, the opposition grassroots. Usually that stuff kind of alienates independence. So it ends up kind of like adding fuel to the fire of the problem with the midterms you were trying to avoid in the first place. So anyway, I kind of feel like midterm debacles are a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. And I kind of think Joe Biden really has it coming. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting indeed. We're, what, 18 days away? Uh, it's your three martini lunch. There you got good, good, good. It's a good way to end it on a Friday. It was great being here this week. I was in for Greg Krumpus. He is back next week. Uh, Jim, thanks for having me on. And uh, if people want to reach out and check out all the great work you do, where do they go? As always, nationalreview.com. Uh, also on Twitter at jimgarrity.com. Hey guys, we know there's so much going on in the news, but don't worry because we're here to talk about all the things. The White House's pathetic new spin on inflation is that it would be worse under Republicans and yay is disrupting the world of politics by going on all the talk shows and talking about anti-Semitism. Hey, it's the Chicks from the Chicks on the Right podcast. Download and subscribe to our daily podcast to hear us pick apart and pick on the news of the day. Politics to pop culture, nobody's safe, but it's all fun. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.